Hello and welcome to Shine On Success. I'm your host, Dion Malish. Today we're welcoming a cybersecurity expert, Albert Whale. With over three decades of experience in the field, Albert has gone from assisting the FBI after 9-11 to safeguarding national critical infrastructures. His journey is not just about tech, but about overcoming challenges, making bold moves, and teaching others along the way. Albert's work spans from the Veterans Administration to international banks, each step marked triumph over adversity. Join us as we uncover the story of a man who's not just securing digital spaces, spaces, but also empowering others to find success in the face of change. Welcome, Albert. I'm so glad to have you on today. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Dion. I'm so excited. So, you know, together we're in the Napoleon Hill Institute and you are a Napoleon Hill Institute coach. Certified, certified coach. Certified coach. And you've been a great mentor to me and I, I really appreciate it. And I want to talk a little bit about, you know, how Thinking Grow Rich has affected you in your own life. So Thinking Grow Rich emphasizes the power of a definite purpose. How has having a clear purpose guided your career in cybersecurity and your decision to assist the FBI post 9-11? Wow, that's a really great question. Thank you. <laughs> so when 9-11 happened and I saw the planes hitting the buildings, you know, that was the, the question came to me, who's going to stop this? How are we going to protect ourselves? And that's when I decided that I needed to get into cybersecurity because I, I was let go from the military. I broke four discs in my back, so I couldn't do manual labor. And I had started building the internet and worked for telephone companies to give them access to the internet. Okay. And right after 9-11, the FBI contacted me and said, hey, we need your help. You know the internet. We need somebody to help us investigate the September 17th watch list. Okay. It was 36 pages in a nine-point font, double-sided. What? Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of information. Wow. That's why they needed the internet because, you know, you can get further faster and you don't have to leave your home, right? Yes. Are we doing that now? What? Not leaving our home. <laughs> We're doing the same exact thing. And you know what? It's so <clears throat> amazing. Like, I, there's so much we can do in a day because we don't have to drive, you know? I'm so much more productive today. Yeah, my drive time really sucks. It takes about 20 seconds to get there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 20 seconds. I like it. So so that's interesting. So it just for me just listening to you, it's because we haven't had this conversation before like this. Right. It's just like I sit here and like shocked, just knowing, you know, what I know about what you're doing. And um, so you have experience, you've been in the Navy and as a service disabled veteran influenced your career in cybersecurity. How does how did that happen? How does that influence you? How did it influence me? Well, yeah. When I got out of the Navy and I couldn't work a blue collar job, okay. I decided that I had to go back to school. Okay. And everybody told me, you can't go to college now. You, you've been away from school for six years. Like, Watch me. And so this is one of the principles from Napoleon Hill too. Okay. And I didn't know this at the time, but adversity is the leverage and, and launching point for success, right? Agreed. When people tell you you can't do something, that ignites that passion even more. Me too. You want to show them that, yes, you can, and yes, I will. And I did. 
It definitely lights a fire under me as well. I love that. I remember when I was young and uh, one of uh, so a young boy said to me, you'll never be anything without me. And I thought, oh, really? Really? Watch and see. So I, I d definitely ignited a fire for me. So Napoleon Hill talks about the role of persistence in achieving success. Can you share how persistence has played a role in your career, especially in the challenging projects or initiatives? Yeah, um, persistence is really important. When you're building a new product that's never been built before, and again, people say, you can't do that. <laughs> Watch me. So when I was going to college, <clears throat> excuse me, I was programming computers that nobody had before. I mean, the Commodore 64 came out and I was already adding operating system commands to it. Okay. But I'd never been taught how to do that. And I had called up several software companies and I was working with another gentleman. He was a um, an honor student. Yeah. He was worried about getting a B on his report card. And I'm worried about paying the bills to go to college. And I said, look, if you take eight commands, I'll take the other 44 and we'll have a 52 command set. Okay. That's amazing. And so he, he took those commands and he never finished. He didn't finish his. He didn't finish his. I finished mine. I had people ready to buy. So persistence, uh, I made my part, right? Yes. And then I decided from there that I have to do everything myself, you know, and I can do it faster. Uh, me too. So one of the Napoleon <laughs> Hill principles is if you want to go somewhere fast, do it yourself. But uh, if you want to go somewhere far, do it with others. Yeah. So it's now I have a mastermind and we're taking our cybersecurity tool that I built because okay. of persistence, of course, globally. So, what is the Commoner sixty four? What is that? That was an early computer, is it like nineteen sixty four. Is that what it stood for? No, it had sixty four k of RAM. Oh, that's it. Can you imagine running a computer on sixty four k RAM? I went to as much RAM as I can possibly have. The fastest computer. Remember the Odyssey? It was yeah. long, where they had the big blocks, and you were. You were trying to hit the block going back and forth. Well, this was the next level about, above that. And it actually had color. The V20 came out first. I went to art school and we had the little Mac with the screen that was about three by three. Yes. You remember it? If I still had that, it would probably be worth millions of dollars. But I actually learned my last semester of going to Art Institute, we learned on that computer. And that was 1989, a long time ago. That's funny. So... Specialized knowledge, that's what you're all about. In your journey, how have you continuously updated your knowledge and skills in the ever-evolving field of cybersecurity? How do you keep to be the best that you are? It's continuous learning. I'm a lifelong learner, okay? Um, besides having a degree in electrical engineering, I have six certifications in cybersecurity, I had I was one of the first CISSPs that's a certified information systems security professional. And if that isn't a tongue twister in a mouthful, <laughs> nothing. You're so funny. But I was number 20, 28,730 in 2012. Wow. No, 20, 2002. That's when I got certified. I was one of the first people, 28,000. So right now, the number's close to 600,000. Wow. 
That's impressive. <laughs> that was a long time ago, though. I mean, it's been a while. <laughs> a couple days. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Uh, so one thing I love about what we're doing with the Napoleon Hill Institute is the the masterminds that they have, and they do so much training. Like it's it's hard to, for me to, to keep up with in a given week because I have so many other things. Like I want to learn. I'm learning AI, and I'm becoming a master of mid journey, you know, creator. And I am, you know, graphic designer. I am running this company of. 200 people. It's a lot to do in a week, but it's such an important part of what they're teaching. And since they're a con key concept in Napoleon Hill's teachings, other than Napoleon Hill Institute, have you been a part of any other groups in your professional life and how have they influenced your success? Good question. Yes, I've been part of other groups. I was in the first cohort for Founder Institute. Okay. which was a business accelerator for entrepreneurs. Hmm. It taught you about business and how to get, get in business and start your business and how to pitch your business so that you could find investors, right? Mm -hmm. And grow your business. Wow. And then I was in Startup Boost. Oh, so that program was, I think, 12 weeks. Okay. And we met on Tuesdays for two hours maybe three. Yeah, it was six to eight, two hours an evening. And we started off with our speech about our company at three minutes. Wow. And that's a long time. That's a long time, right? I remember but doing one minute. Many people couldn't get their idea across in three minutes. Wow. And then we went down to one minute. And then we went to 30 seconds. And the whole idea here is, you know, we're in this instant gratification society. Everybody wants what they want right now. And text messages demand your attention every time you get it. It's like, you know, call me. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. Um, so we had to learn how to get an investor's attention in 20 seconds or less. Okay. Because if you don't get their attention, they're looking at their phone. They're looking at the, who's next. They want to see the other spreadsheets that are coming up or the power uh, PowerPoint slides that are coming up. You know, who's on the agenda because you lost them, right? Mm -hmm. And so that really helped me refine my sales pitch and my understanding of what it is I'm doing so that when I was in my day job and I'm talking to executives from General Electric about a new project that we want to build, I was picked hmm. because I could communicate better. Definitely could communicate. And so mastermind groups have been a part of your life prior to. Yes. And they're, they're highly effective. Let me tell you, if you want to go far and you go with other people, hmm. build a mastermind too. It's amazing. I love, I love masterminding so much. And, you know, so tell me about your, your history with Napoleon Hill, Thinking Grow Rich. How long have you been reading self-development? How long have you been reading Napoleon Hill? Let's talk about that because this is important because my goal, just so you know, is to interview 500 people in the next few years, just like Napoleon Hill did. But to you do it take a few years? Come I mean, on. I might take I mean, if I, I, listen, if I drink a lot of caffeine, I could probably do it faster. And I do drink a lot. So you never know what's going to happen. But I still have to work, you know, and run my company. So I forget when Rhonda Byrne brought the secret. 2006, I think. Okay. 
So my wife got me involved in Rhonda Burns Secret, and oh. I watched that, I don't know, 10 times. Yes. And she learned about it during her education at night school. And, you know, she was taking a psych class and they wanted to know more about the secret and everything. And I started thinking about that. And I said, you know, I can think about this, these things and attract them, right? That's the law of attraction. And I wasn't getting the success I wanted. So I started looking at all the co-stars that she had. And she had quite a few people. They did. Amazing people. Joe Vitale. Um, Bob Proctor. Bob Proctor. He's the one I latched on the most. Yes, because he's just an, an incredible human being. So I watched his YouTube videos. I watched his free webinars for about eight years. Wow. I, mean, I think I did the same. I'm pretty much the same. And, you know, then... I was in a webinar and I got contacted by the coaches for Proctor Gallagher Institute, okay. uh, Proctor's company. Okay. And the coach that contacted me, the salesperson was Cleona O'Hara. Hmm. And she told me, look, Albert, you've been studying this material for, did you say eight years? Hmm. How far did you get with that? <laughs> Not far enough. It's not oh, consistent. Like, <laughs> right? I'm, yeah, I get it. I feel this. I feel it, right? What you're saying. And she said, until you make the decision to join us, you're not going to change. And that's what happened. You made the decision. So I made the decision to join her. And she was my coach and my mentor. And within 30 days, I was writing my first book. 30 days. I didn't know I had a book in me. <laughs> well, you did. <laughs> okay. Wow. And that book was called Hashtag Hacked. What year was that? 2021. Okay. So 2021, you decide you're going to write a book. 2022. In 30 days. 2022. Okay. It's, and it, no, I, I started in October 2021. It okay. published on Amazon February 2022. That's impressive. My publisher took as long to publish it as I did to write it. Right. <laughs> it took me eight weeks. It took yeah. them eight weeks to publish it. Wow. And all they had to do was push a couple buttons on the keyboard. Yeah. yeah, you had to actually write the whole book and have it designed and all the stuff to put together. So and you then wrote I had 12 people contact me right after that. Okay. And we started writing the second book behind me, hashtag hack two. Nice. And I had 12 cybersecurity professionals each contribute a chapter. You did? That's interesting. And we became a number one international bestseller in under 12 hours. In 12 hours? Wow. That's impressive. It took twice as long to write the book because I had other people writing it with me. Oh, of course. And I kidded everybody that I was the chief cat herder. <laughs> it certainly did feel sometimes like I was herding cats. Well, I've been involved in two books like that over the years, and I really loved it. And I actually wrote a book, too, called 25 Tips on Selling a Home in Pittsburgh. So I took some of that knowledge, but I was the only real estate agent to ever write a book like that. So for me, it was the best marketing tool I ever had because I would sign it for them and I'd take the printed piece. I self-published. So it was kind of fun. You know, I didn't go on Amazon like that. I went on Amazon, you know, to actually self-publish it. But, you know, writing a book, it makes you an industry expert. And I love I love that part of my career. 
So let's talk about the point of the show is taking adversities and turning them into success. So let's talk about a time in your life where you had an adversity that you actually pushed through, got to the other side and created success from it. Yeah, I was just talking about this last week when I was on a project um, migrating a client from their private data center to the cloud. And we had, I don't know, 250 people working on this project. And they had a problem getting communications running from the main data center in Europe through the cloud here in Virginia. And the network team was all gung-ho and they're, they're saying everything's configured. We know it works. And I'm looking at what's happening and, you know, what I see communicating back and forth. And I said, yeah, but it's not working. Something's not right. And they're like, no, it works fine. There's something wrong with your computer. Your com-. And I'm like, this happens from 10 computers, sir. <laughs> it's not one yeah, computer that has a problem. <laughs> right. It's okay. the destination. Okay. So it took about two weeks to get a, a troubleshooting team together that I was also involved in and the vendor. And it turned out the configuration was wrong. Okay. But as soon as we got that fixed, we were back on target. So it benefited being, you know, behind the eight ball and having all those problems come up because we did find the the actual solution, but nobody else could find it until I got involved. So you're impressive. There's no doubt about it. I love having you in my life. I have to tell you that. I, I really, you have such an amazing personality and to be so intelligent as I know you are, and then to have this incredible persona, like I love talking to you. So let's talk about desires because Napoleon Hill talks about that a lot. So he discusses transformation of desire into reality. What was one of your biggest desires or goals in cybersecurity and how did you turn it into a reality? Yeah, I wanted to change the world. I still do. <laughs> and and I I turned that into reality by creating an appliance that sits inside the network to find the attackers that are already inside. So you've created that? I created it and I stuck it in my house. Um, I had a a daughter working for Best Buy's Geek Squad said, dad, you got to get this TV. This is the right TV. It's got all the buzz wheels and, you know, the new whiz bangs that, that go along with new technology. And I'm like, yeah, I like, Vizio, but you want a Samsung. All right, we'll try it. So we stuck the Samsung in our home network. And the first thing that comes up is a crypto coin miner on the television. On the television. What? Please explain that to me because I had no idea. So that means that embedded into the networking on the device itself is a backdoor to use your resource to mine cryptocurrency for whoever put it there. And as a side benefit, they get backdoor access into your home network. What? Most people don't see these things. No. And, you know, we were just talking today about, you know, I said an agent's name and my partner had his phone and the agent popped up in his Facebook. Tell us how that works. That's that's so interesting to me. Like, is it geo-targeting? Is that what it's called? Um, no, that's not geo-targeting. This was built-in malware. So this is actually malware built-in. So everybody's got technology in their hand. Okay. Cell phone. 
Got it. Okay. Where's this thing made? China. Good answer. I usually say, if it takes longer than it took you, I say, it's a red country. It starts with the letter C. It ends with the letter A. And it's not Canada, Colombia, Cuba, or Croatia. Huh. So, so I got it. So there. So. Yeah, they actually subsidize their manufacturing so that it costs less for us to buy technology from them than it would be if we made it here and made it secure. Made it secure. Hmm. So you have so much knowledge, and so you're and you're extremely diverse with it. What's a common cybersecurity challenge you've seen across businesses, and how do you approach this? Like, what's something? Let's talk about both business and personal. Let's talk about that because I watched your video the other day and it was it's so interesting about hacking on Facebook. But let's talk about in a business. What is one thing that you could give some advice about? Yeah, well, I give 10 things in my first book slash hashtag hacked. Okay. I give 10 for business and 10 for personal. Okay. And the website gives additional information. It's called thehackedbook.com. Thehackedbook.com. Okay. The main thing is when a penetration test for a business is done, as soon as it's printed, it's obsolete. Most businesses do a test in the network without the users. And they do that so that the users don't have a bad day. So if you slow down the network, they're going to say, oh, the network's slow. Okay, so that's why they don't test the people. They test the main The, the problem with this testing philosophy that we have is okay. every time there's a breach, a person is involved. Hmm. Whether it's a user, an administrator, an executive, somebody's in the network that caused the breach to happen. So if we're only testing the resources that are there, we're missing the main problem. Hmm. That's why my appliance looks at live traffic with everybody there. And it doesn't slow down the system? No. Hmm. Wonder, are you selling this appliance at this point? Yes. Hmm. Can they find that on your website? They can. It's, it's safe. ITS-safe.com. So I hope everyone hears that, its-safe.com, where you can find this amazing appliance so that you can block everyone from getting your personal and professional information. So in wrapping up, which I hate to do, but some days I have to stop, but as a coach at the Napoleon Hill Institute, how do you integrate success principles and a positive mindset into your daily life? You know, I'm a product of the product. I've written four books in two years. My fourth one, Getting Unhacked, is all about my journey that we just talked about. And also, how does this come about? How does all of this work? And I included seven other coaches from Napoleon Hill Institute in the book, Getting Unhacked. And as a coach, you'll get a free copy. Oh, I'm so excited. When is it gonna be published? Next month. Hmm. We're just finishing production. That's your fourth book in two years? Yes. Wow. 
this is really working for you, this uh, mindset and personal development. Like I said, I'm a product of the product. I mean, that's the best answer of all because it's just that simple. You, you believe it, you can achieve it. Right? I can take other people there. That's why I became a coach. Yeah. And you're doing a great job and you've been a huge help to me. So as we wrap up Shine on Success with the most incredible Albert Well, from securing national infrastructure to pioneering cybersecurity solutions, Albert's story is a powerful reminder of how resilience, expertise, and dedication can lead to remarkable achievements. I'm Dion Malish, thanking you for joining us on this insightful journey. Stay safe in the digital world. And remember, in cybersecurity and in life, there's always a way to shine bright. And don't forget to follow us on social media as we journey together in turning life's challenges into triumphs. Keep shining and see every obstacle as an opportunity.